Good morning, Church. Welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. Uh, we are counting down to the Lunar New Year year of the Tiger in two days' time. I hope you guys have been enjoying the bakwa, pineapple tarts, kuih lapis, mandarin oranges, etc. etc. And are you looking forward to receiving ang paus or giving ang paus this year? So if you are online, uh, if you are looking forward to Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, uh, please just say hi or send a tiger gif online or something. And then for those people on site, just please wave and spread the New Year cheer around. Yay! Happy Lunar New Year! So let's read the Tui Lian. Sing Chun Huan Le Zan Mei Shen. So in this uh, new spring season, this merry new spring season, uh, we praise God. And then, Jia Jie Xi Qing. So in this uh, festive season, we worship the Lord. So indeed, hallelujah. So may we all join together uh, with the call to worship. Hungry for meaning. Welcome, welcome home. Thirsty for purpose. Welcome home. Yearning for comfort. Welcome home. Burning for challenge. Welcome home. Ready for learning. Welcome, welcome home. Eager for serving. Welcome, welcome home and, and welcome, welcome to, to worship. worship. Now let us join the worship team in a time of worshipping the Lord together. Good morning church. Let's put our hands together and sing praises to our God. For our God is faithful to us. Strong. 
Now I invite all on site and all online to come together in our hearts to pray to God. God, indeed, you are a wonderful creator. That with this two, three years, I do not know whether individually we have come more to you in prayer or we have come less to you in prayer. But at this time, Lord, may we as a collective gather all our thoughts and prayers and uplift them up to you. We continue to pray for the COVID situation around the world with the new Omicron variant. Cases are surging in countries like Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, and even in Singapore. And as we continue to head into this situation, it seems to be hopeless or we become resigned to life that things will never change. But we know that our hope is in you, God. And that even as we wake up every morning, with every breath that we take, we are thankful to you to be alive, no matter what our situation in life is right now. God, we also uplift the Ukraine and Russia situation to you. We know that modern wars cost lives, that any invasion will cause families to be broken and countries be torn apart. That though they may seem so far away from us personally, the ripple effect of a war on humanity will be burdens in our heart. Lord, we lift up whichever countries that may be able, the political leaders of countries that may be able to stop, to halt this situation, that indeed compromises may be made, that the war can be averted. God, as we step into the Lunar New Year of the Tiger, we know that some of us have our families and loved ones with us. Some of us are separated from them by our borders. Or some of us may have our loved ones already departed from us. But we know that as long as they are in our hearts and in our thoughts, our love may be transmitted to them no matter where they are. And for those foreigners among our land, may they be able to find a community where they can call their family. That it's not just the Lunar New Year season where you know, we can gather as a family, but through the year, Lord, that we know that we are family in your name because of your love for us. God, indeed, we lift up all this in your son's most precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Land of my will by your speed Shake my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound Land on my will but yours be done Shame my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound Of your voice calling me to rise from the dead I hear your voice Calling me to trust you instead I hear your voice Calling me to move out in faith I hear your voice I hear your voice I have been healed I'm whole again Our praises are rising 
Good morning, everyone, and welcome home. Um, just wanted to wish you a very uh, happy Lunar New Year with you and your loved ones, uh, if you do celebrate. If you don't celebrate, it's okay. Uh, as you can see, uh, we kind of celebrated here with our many decorations that the Chinese ministry put up, which we're thankful for. Um, yeah, but welcome home. You know... Um, we often, uh, in our sermons, uh, we use menti.com because there's a way for us to interact uh, online. Uh, whether you are here on site or online, it gives us a common space where you can actually share your answers, your insights, uh, your experiences. So if you go to menti.com on any browser, uh, you can use the code 9300-5133. Just type that in um, and uh, you'll get into our slides. And then the questions will turn up uh, when they do turn up, okay? So today's code is 9300-5133. Okay, I'm going to just give you a moment just to kind of get onto the QR code uh, or to type in menti.com because I know sometimes um, people don't have enough time uh, and we want to make sure that you, those of you who do want to get on, you have the time uh, to do so because we'd love to hear from you, okay? 9300-5133 today. Okay. So... Our series this season, uh, right from the new year, uh, in the beginning of January, is Home is the Way. And last Sunday, I spoke about what it means to come home. And home is where we learn how to love and be loved more deeply and authentically. Home is where we create and hold space for each other to grow. And home is where we take care of one another. You know, when we have truly come home, it is a two-way relationship. Not only do we feel comfortable and safe and accepted, we also help others to feel safe, comfortable and accepted. There's mutuality in the relationship. Just like in the relationship God had with Abraham and the covenant that God made with Abraham, and also in the relationship God has with us. We talked about love and I mentioned 1 Corinthians 13 in passing last week. And I explained how the verse, love never fails, actually means love never collapses 
or disappears or comes to an end. And because of that, we can also learn how to uphold love in our covenants with one another in community. And what that means is, yes, I might fail you from time to time, but with God's help, my love will not collapse or disappear or come to an end. My love will stay even when things get difficult between us, just like God's love. So today I wanted to follow up on that and expand a little bit more by looking at 1 Corinthians 13 in more detail. As you may know, the book of 1 Corinthians is actually an epistle that Paul wrote to the church or the, what you call the group of believers in Corinth. So an epistle is basically a letter, right? The only difference is that an epistle is meant to be read publicly to a group of people, while letters are more private, right? Usually addressed to one person. So to understand this famous love passage of 1 Corinthians 13 better, we kind of need to understand why Paul was writing them this letter in the first place. What was he even trying to address with them? So the city of Corinth was known to be a place that was open to new ideas, tolerant of diversity. And by New Testament times, Corinth had come to be known for its quite lavish lifestyles, like the rich and famous kind of thing. It was also famous for its theatres, temples, brothels and casinos. Yes, they even had that at that time. And there was a Roman slang at that time, and when someone said to you, you're acting like a Corinthian, it means, okay, and I'm going to ask you, okay, what do you think it means? It's okay if you don't know. I didn't know until I actually did research. But what do you mean when someone says, you're acting like a Corinthian? It was Roman slang for someone who is, one, pious and faithful, Two, rich and pompous. Right? Three, modern and open. You're acting like a Corinthian. Four, sexually promiscuous. Okay? Which of these could it be? I see a little bit more on rich and pompous, right? Yeah, because lavish lifestyles and everything. Corinthian sounds quite rich, right? <laughs> possibly, possibly, okay? Now we'll see, okay, what, what, what you have. Okay, yeah, most of you, quite a few of you for sexually promiscuous, okay? That's... Quite interesting, right? N not so many for pious and faithful. Uh. Hmm, okay. <laughs> All right. So, throughout the Roman Empire, the expression to act like a Corinthian was slang for engaging in sexual promiscuity. Right? <laughs> Who got it right? <laughs> Yay. So, you must understand that if you read the first 12 chapters of Paul's epistle, so leading up to 1 Corinthians 13, there were 12 chapters, right, where he's talking and talking, talking, talking to them about different things, you'll realize that for the church in Corinth, sexual promiscuity was just one of their many, many issues, right? Firstly, the church was divided and split into factions, right? So imagine when you come to church, you have like faction A and B and C and D, all divided, right, fighting one another. And people were pitting their favorite religious leaders against each other. And everyone was kind of vying for power and prominence. Church members were even taking each other to court. Say, ah, I'm going to sue you. Huh? How dare you say that about me? And those who spoke in tongues believed that they were more superior to those who didn't. One of the congregants was even sleeping with his stepmother and boasting about it. And if you don't remember that, go read your First Corinthians, okay, in the earlier chapters. The worshippers were fighting over everything, from food offered to idols, to circumcision, to celibacy, 
to head coverings for women. Communion was even becoming like a time for drunkenness and gluttony. Can you imagine? Like the time for communion becomes like, ah, let's drink and let's eat. And what's worse is that the poor in the church were going hungry. So in other words, the Corinthian church was a mess. You know, we usually hear Paul's poetic love chapter quoted at weddings, right? Love is patient, love is kind. It is a really beautiful uh, passage. But you know, it has nothing to do with romance. The love sermon in 1 Corinthians 13 was not written for a romantic wedding. It was actually written to a church that was divided and fighting amongst themselves. Paul wasn't writing to people who were in love. He was writing to people who couldn't stand the sight of each other. So if you can put yourself in Paul's shoes for a moment, you're hearing news from this church that you personally planted. Okay, that's what he did. And these people are people you know and care about. And they are hurting one another in self-destructive ways. And now you're writing this letter to them to lovingly persuade them to get their act together before they destroy themselves. So with that as a background, let's read 1 Corinthians 13. And Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope and love abide. These three and the greatest of these is love. And the greatest of these is love. You know, the subject of love is a tricky one. Because none of us really are experts in love. And so I, I talk about love with fear and trembling. <laughs> because often we love poorly and incompletely. And I think one of the reasons why is because many of us have not had good role models of love in our lives. And we all try our best to learn how to love 
and be loved better as we grow older, hopefully. And I think being in community really helps to challenge us to grow in the ways that we love and allow ourselves to be loved. So if you want to know how mature your love is, how spiritually healthy you are, Richard Raw has a way of assessing our spiritual health. He says, what do you do with pain? Do we transmit it or do we transform it? All of us have pain in our lives. The key is, what do we do with it? Do we pass it on to others or do we transform it? You may have heard this saying, right? Hurt people hurt people. And that's what I mean by transmitting pain. When we don't transform our pain, when we don't allow God to do a new work in us, we will inadvertently transmit it and pass it on. And we may not even be conscious of it. Because the mirror in which we see ourselves as God sees us gets dimmer and dimmer when the pain we carry is transmitted and not transformed. Whether it's transmitted to us or we transmit to others. As our own sin and brokenness begins to be a lens through which we view ourselves and others, that mirror grows dimmer. And I think that's what Paul means when he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then in future I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Sometimes we may be old in biological age, but we may still act like a child and reason like a child. Know anyone? Anyone come to mind? <laughs> We act in immature ways, even though we're old. <laughs> Not dealing with our own pain, but masking it over with arrogance, impatience, unkindness, envy, selfishness. And we end up hurting ourselves and one another. And I think that's what Paul was saying to this church which he planted and he loved. Please, please stop hurting one another. Stop transmitting your hurt and your sin to one another. Because essentially, they've forgotten who they were. And Paul was trying to remind them. And he was trying to remind them who they were by teaching them, by telling them about love. Not the emotion of love, not the warm fuzzies of love, not the sentiment of love, not the romance of love. But Paul writes of love as origin, love as source, love as God, and God as love. This love is actually not about feelings, it's about the truth of who we are through the eyes of a God who sees us and knows us fully and loves us. So a few days ago, 
Miak and I met with Rabbi Benny from the United Hebrew Congregation. It's a progressive uh, Jewish congregation. And we had a very meaningful time getting to know each other. Rabbi Benny and his wife, uh, who is also a rabbi, took over from Rabbi Nathan when he left. And it, it was actually the first time we were meeting Rabbi Benny, and so it was a very uh, wonderful time together of fellowship. And you know, during our time together, he shared something very interesting with us that's so relevant to what I was going to share today that I had to share this with you. The Hebrew word for love, ahava, is made up of these three basic Hebrew letters, Aleph, He, and Bet, right? And the Jews have a practice of assigning a numerical value to letters of the alphabet. So every alphabet has a numerical value. So Ahava comes up to 13 because it comprises of Aleph, which is 1, He, which is 5, and Bet, which is 2, and then He, 5, which equals to 13. Interestingly, the name of God, if you see on the right, which is unpronounceable uh, to the Jews, which we represent with YHWH. The name of God has a numerical value of 26. So, God is not just love. God is love times two. And for love to take place, there needs to be more than one person. I can't just say, I am love alone, right? I show love alone. There needs to be mutuality. So when two people ahava each other, you have two ahavas, which is 13 plus 13, and that equals 26, which is similar to the numerical value for God. Isn't that amazing? Wherever there is love, there is God. Wherever there is love, there is God. And this love is patient and kind. It isn't rude or boastful. It's self-giving, giving of oneself. The love that Paul describes here in, Romans, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 is robust, it's dynamic. It's, it's an action verb. All right? This love is an action verb. It's not an emotion. It's not something we wait around for or fall into. Love acts and gives of itself patiently and kindly. Love acts against the impulses of envy, of irritation, arrogance. Love rejoices. Love refrains. Love endures. When we love, we give of ourselves. In fact, from the three root letters of Ahava, we actually get the root word have, which means to give. Right in the middle of the word for love is the word to give. And this Hebrew word contains a tremendous truth, which, be, which is giving is fundamental to loving. Giving is fundamental to loving. The essence of ahava involves the action of giving. Love is not something that simply happens to us, but it's something that we create through our actions when we give of ourselves to others. True ahava, or true love, is more concerned with giving than receiving. 
Because being in the center of someone's attention, that isn't love. I mean, it's nice, but it isn't love. Love is not about having some feeling on our fix or a high. Ahava is about giving our devotion and our time. Giving is the vehicle of love. Remember, God so loved the world that God gave. Giving is at the center of loving. So meaningful relationships have mutual giving. Ahava is not an emotion, it's an action. It's a condition that we create when we give. You don't fall in love, you give love. And since we know that we have no control over other people, love doesn't really begin with others. It begins with us. And we begin by realizing that this source of love is found in the gaze of God as God looks upon us naked and whole. Because this type of love is characterized by the giver. God loved the world that God gave. Not about the receiver per se. No longer do we need to strive and do all kinds of things to make ourselves more lovable, more attractive, so that God can love us, so that others can love us. In a face-to-face gaze of God, our lover, we are fully known and truly loved. Nadia Boltz Weber says, the truth of who you are is found in the eyes of God, not the eyes of the world. It is the love of God who created this world and called it good. It is the love of God who brought the Israelites out of slavery, who walked among us as Jesus of Nazareth. It is the love of God who knit you together in your mother's womb that gets to tell you who you are. Nothing else. Not the media, not a family who wishes you were different, and not even yourself. Only the God who knows and loves you fully can tell you who you are. And this is true of everyone, no matter who we are or what we have done. Perhaps Paul is telling us to be the face of love for each other. When we know that we are loved by God in the fullness of God's knowledge of us, we are free to live in this love, free to share the love of Christ in a hurting world, free to see ourselves and others as God sees us. Not because we are good, but because we are loved. And so today, I just wanted to build this word cloud together with you and say, what is the truth of who you are in the eyes of God? After you've heard all this and through your own life experience of experiencing God's love in your life, what is the truth of who you are in the eyes of God? And let's build different words, right, that come to your mind. When God looks at you, what do you think God sees? Precious, yes, beloved, beautiful, child of the Most High, yes, child, sexy, yes, of worth, worthy, a catalyst for change, human, complete, love that, beautiful, work in progress, yes, a part of God, yes. So many things, right, we're unique, 
We're vulnerable enough. That's beautiful. So the three biggest words we see there, beloved, enough, beautiful, precious. And that's the truth of who you all are, each of you in the eyes of God. You are a gift, beautiful, a vessel of love. Yes, God looks at you through eyes of love and now you are a vessel of love for others as well. Beautiful. Thank you. Opening our doors to love requires vulnerability and trust. And that's not easy. Especially if you've been hurt before. Especially when life has taught you that sometimes it's costly to trust. The definition of trust uh, by Charles Feldman uh, is this guy who was quite an expert on the topic. He wrote this book, The Thin Book of Trust, and it's a really, really good book. And he says, trust is defined as choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's action. So when you choose to make something valuable to you, your opinion, your emotions, your feelings, yourself, your actions, vulnerable to another person's actions, that's when you are trusting someone. Whatever you choose to make vulnerable to another's actions, you do so because you believe that their actions will support it, hopefully, or at the very least will not harm it. And we all know that trust is not built on the once-off big events in life. But it's actually in the many small moments when we show up for one another. Moments when we show another person patience, kindness, humility, generosity of spirit, all the attributes of love that Paul talks about. It takes time and accumulation of many of these small moments to build trust. But trust can be easily dismantled in a moment due to an insensitive word or action, or it could be destroyed by an act of betrayal. Trust is fragile, and it needs to be nurtured day by day, action by action, one conscious choice at a time. So we need to be thoughtful of our words and our actions and choose well. There will be times we make mistakes, and I have made mistakes before too, and trust is broken. And that is painful. And as a community, that happens sometimes. But we commit to staying, and we try our best to clarify and to work things out and to make amends, to repair that relationship. You know, sometimes when we feel hurt and it's difficult for us to articulate that hurt to the person who caused it, it may be helpful to invite someone to mediate in the process of mending and healing. And that is why we are here for each other. That is why we have community. So that we can be here for one another, especially in the difficult moments when trust is broken. One thing that's essential to trust and vulnerability is having healthy boundaries. Without boundaries, 
it's very hard for us to really talk about trust and vulnerability. You know, it would take a whole other sermon to talk fully about healthy boundaries. But today, I just want to focus on one aspect in relation to love and how we see one another, especially with regards to the concept of wholeness. What is wholeness to you? How do you understand wholeness? And how do we treat someone who doesn't look whole? I recently read a book by Sharon Betcher. And Betcher, she suffered a freak accident at the age of 37. And after which, she lost one of her legs. And she later wrote a book to address the social and spiritual exclusion of those who are disabled, where they are often seen as broken and not treated as a whole human, even by Christians, and perhaps especially by Christians. Because sometimes Christians have a certain image and understanding of healing and wholeness, right? Have you experienced that before? As described by Betcher, she said, I fell into social class, gender, sex, oblivion. I was not expected to be wise, interesting, funny, beautiful, because all that people looked at was just her missing leg, right? She said, I'm on public display, always seen, but always overlooked at the same time. The toxicity of social staring varies and wear down the psyche. So she wrote this book because she wanted to challenge the church to have a theology of the spirit that highlights the marginalized perspectives of those who might be living with a disability. And I share this because I think we need to reflect and ask ourselves what we understand by wholeness and brokenness in the church, as Christians. For example, to make it very concrete, how would you react if someone comes into church and they are in a wheelchair? Or if they are missing some fingers? Would you look at them in pity? or shock, would you relate to them differently? We are constantly learning to love better and to use the right language. For example, Miak was sharing with me that he used the words wheelchair-bound with one of our newcomers who uses a wheelchair to get around. And that, new, that person very kindly explained to Miak that he would prefer for us to use the term wheelchair user, more neutral. Right, instead of wheelchair-bound. Because for him, the wheelchair is what helps get him around. It's his mobility device, right? So we are constantly learning how to see each other through God's eyes, especially those who may look a little bit different, who may not seem whole in the same way we imagine. Basically, our principle is not letting anyone feel less than because of the language we use, or the pity in our eyes that we try to hide, or even the way we pray for another person. Have you experienced that before? When someone prays something over you and you go like, uh, okay, that was quite unsolicited. Right? We need to be careful of how we treat one another. And I hope we recognize that we are all whole in Christ already. We are all whole in Christ. And the ultimate goal is for us to be formed into the likeness of Christ, all of us. 
as we understand what it means that we are one body. Paul says that the church is the body of Christ, and you'll see this in 1 Corinthians 12 that leads into 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage, right? Paul says the church is the body of Christ, and all of us individual members are like various body parts, the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears. The parts are quite different from one another, but all are needed, all are important. And whether we like it or not, we are all connected to one another. So when one part of the body suffers, the whole body is affected. And that's why learning to love is so important. Love is an action, and it's based on the giving of ourselves to others. After we realize the truth of who we are in the eyes of God, we become the face of love to one another. So I want to ask you, and this is a, just a short time for you to reflect and to think, and perhaps even to commit to one small thing. How will you practice ahava, that love, where giving is at the center of it, that love that is an action, that love that is mutual, that love that is a representation of God in our context today? How will you practice Ahava in our church, in your families, in your relationships, at work? What is one thing that you may want to do? One thing that you might want to introduce into your life? One thing that you might want to try? You may not succeed, and that's okay. But one thing you might want to try. Beautiful. Look beyond the surface, yes. Cultivating two-way friendships and relationships with healthy boundaries, beautiful. Ask ourselves how we'd like to be treated, right? And then we treat others the same way, the golden rule. To learn, to understand and not to judge at first sight. Mm -hmm. To seek to understand, to think of others and act towards others as I would act towards myself, yes. Love authentically, to love despite it being difficult in the circumstance, to practice agape, yes. To seek to understand, to stop playing games, to see others through the eyes of Christ, yes. Thank you, Chinese ministry, for putting up the CNY decor, yes. Showing grace even when we have been wronged, to practice empathy, to forgive those who may treat us badly, to be genuine and empathic, to withhold judgment, to balance empathy and being rational, always show up despite not being at my best. Lovely. Showing up, right? It's really just about showing up. To focus less on self-protection at work and to try to give more for colleagues. To first learn and then to understand. To give people the benefit of a doubt. So many wonderful things up there. And so please continue to share. How will you practice Ahava in your life, in our context today? I wonder what the Christians in Corinth did after receiving Paul's letter. We don't really know because we don't really have a follow-up. I mean, he, there's a second Corinthians, and, and you can read that. Did the people in the rival factions start coming together to have honest, empathic, restorative conversations? I wonder. Did those with the most admired spiritual gifts take a step back 
to make room for those whose gifts tended to be devalued? Did the members learn to honour their marriages, their relationships, and practice how to give of themselves and love? Did the congregation come together to take care of the poorest members of the church, the slaves, the widows, the orphans? I wonder what would such intentional and active love look like in our context today? And you have shared many possibilities in many different ways, small ways that you can start. How will you choose to give of yourself in love? Will you learn to transform your hurt instead of transmitting it? Will you see the truth of who you are and who others are through God's eyes? Will you choose to trust one another and commit to working things out when trust is broken? Will you honour healthy boundaries and respect the dignity of every person as we seek to grow in love? Monica Coleman writes, Living a holistic and authentic Christian life entails caring more about the quality and the tenor of the relationships between individuals. Wholeness is found not in whom we love, but in how we love. Wholeness is found in how we love. I pray this may be true of the body of Christ here at FCC. Amen. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy, where pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets re resurrection, hate meets love. This, this table, table is, is at the intersection, intersection where two, two lines meet. meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is the table of love, the centre from where love flows. This, this table is, is one, one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table, where all are equal, all are free. We, we ask, ask you to bless, bless this, this bread and this cup. Through this meal, may this the body of Christ, that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. Remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, 
Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards please come forward to distribute the elements so that uh, we may all partake of this meal together. Bless the simple elements so that they will nourish and strengthen us in body and in spirit. Let us partake the elements together. you to stand in body or in spirit to join us in this prayer. Lord, Lord make, make us instruments, instruments of, of your peace, peace 
Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Morning Church, welcome to Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. Uh, you may dispose of the communion elements uh, as you leave this space later into the rubbish bin. Indeed, uh, thank you Pauline for the sermon, Pastor Pauline for the sermon. I wanted to say that I love me, myself and I. So is there mutuality in that or not? But then, jokes aside, uh, I think that you know we all experience love very differently because of our upbringing. Uh, to some of us, love is a kind word. To some of us, love is just a silent companionship. But then to our parents, love might be in the harsh words that they give to you because of their expectations of you. And spanking might be an expression of love too. But then, you know, how, how do we know what, what love is? Seriously, I mean, there's no one answer to what love is to each of us. But I think as you know, we are a community in Christ, as we experience God's love in the various different ways in which we experience, uh, we continue to learn and we progress. Love is not just a fixed point in our life and then that's, it, that's love and then we define it as it is. But as we grow and we mature, as we interact more with people, and as we learn to give and we learn to take, uh, I think we all learn to love differently and learn to give love accordingly to what people want and what we hope we want. But I think ultimately, uh, the most important thing is that, you know, when we give love or in whatever actions that we give, we do not, we do not judge others on the actions that they give and then we judge ourselves based on, based on our intentions. So when I see a parent scolding a child, I don't immediately think that, you know, the parent doesn't love the child. But it's just that the parent is only at this moment, at, the, at that moment, knows how to express love in that way. So as we learn to love others, may we also uh, learn to really align both our intentions and our actions together so that others will experience the love and the love that God has given to all of us. So indeed, uh, thank you, Pastor Pauline, for the sermon. Uh, now this is... Uh, we'd like to welcome the newcomers to FCC. Indeed, I think we see a few new faces in here. And then, of course, we see Mike and Melvin back uh, to visit their family. It's nice to see you in person again after a couple of years. Uh, welcome home. Uh, if you are new to us, uh, whether you're new to us just for this Sunday or maybe just you have visited us only online or just a few months ago, uh, you may just uh, leave your details at fcc.la slash welcome so that one of our staff can actually reach out to you. Every month we have a newcomers meeting. Uh, this month the newcomers meeting is on 27th of February. 2022, immediately after service. If you are interested to attend the newcomers meeting, please send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, the newcomers meeting is actually for you to actually find out more about uh, what FCC stands for, what is FCC's theology, what is FCC's uh, 
how FCC came about, a bit of history, and what, what do you hope to find in FCC and what do you hope FCC gives to you? So uh, do send an email if you're interested to attend the uh, newcomers meeting. Uh, of course, I think as I hear the sermon and then I think of love, indeed giving is also a form of love. So, I mean, as we continue, just started the beginning of the year in January 2022, if you love FCC or you love the sermon or any part of this church and you find that the church is serving a purpose in this community, uh, you may give to us in love by uh, PayNow. Uh, there are two uh, PayNow codes up there. One is for the FCC General Fund, one is for FCC Building Fund. Uh, uh, they are for two different purposes, but then they are both equally important purposes. So also you may give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Please be reminded that there's an admin fee uh, charged by the platform if you give by credit card, but we welcome giving in any form. So uh, if for those people on site, if you would like to give uh, by dropping into the collection bag, uh, you may also raise your hands and then the stewards will bring the collection back to you. So as the bags are being passed around, uh, let us give thanks for the offering. God, indeed, we thank you for being the source of love. A lot of times, we do not see your love for us because we are so embattled and embroiled you know, in our own mind, in our own situation. But God, we know that you will never forsake us and that you are with us all this while. And God, we know that what this world lacks is actually love too. And as we continue to come together as a community, we just continue to you know, pray for strength, pray for generosity, pray for compassion, and also pray for love that whatever we receive from you, we give abundantly to others, so that indeed we be your light, we be your hands, your feet, that others may also experience as we have experienced. God, we uplift all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Uh, now we have come to the announcement segment of the service. Uh, first announcement is again asking for volunteers for ministry. Uh, before we ask for volunteers for ministry, we would like to acknowledge and give thanks to the Mandarin Ministry for putting up this bright and cheery uh, Chinese Lunar New Year decorations. Uh, they spend a weekend. So let us give a round of applause to the Mandarin Ministry for spending their time and effort to beautify this place and Make, make it look more merry and happy. <laughs> uh, besides, uh, so we are asking for volunteers. If you are interested in volunteering for a production ministry, we are actually currently recruiting volunteers specifically for visual design and video editing. So you may join us for an informal session uh, behind the scenes tour to see whether a production ministry is for you. Of course, production ministry is beyond visual design and video editing. There's sound, there's uh, visual, there's camera, there's a lot of other things involved. If you're interested, you can email gary.chan at freecomchurch.org uh, to uh, indicate your interest. Besides the production ministry, of course, uh, 
FCC is actually run by volunteers mainly. And then, for example, there are other ministries that require volunteers also. For example, if you are interested in the Sunday service ministry, we have uh, the prayer, we have welcome team, we have communion. We have lots and lots of uh, roles for you to fill. So if you're interested in general uh, to volunteer in any ministry, you may send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. So Chinese New Year is coming. Oh, why do I always say Chinese New Year? Sorry to the non I apologize to the non-Chinese. Lunar New Year is coming. So for the year of the tiger, are you doing low hay or not? You can start doing low hay. I've done twice already before before New Year even started. So if you are doing low hay with your friends, uh, FCC is actually having a competition for the most inclusive low hay, the most colorful low hay, and the most creative low hay. So you are doing low hay with your friends at FCC, you send a you Send a photo of you doing low hay with your FCC friends to info at freecomchurch.org by 11th of February and you'll win a prize for each category. Of course, with every competition, there are terms and conditions. So please, you, first you must be with FCC church friends and not just family or other friends. Huh? So as we, we need to recognize the five faces. Okay? So if one out of the five faces we don't recognize, sorry, you don't qualify. Okay? And then you also, need to, you, you also can only enter one category per group. And you need to explain why you chose to enter that particular category. Again, deadline is 11 of Feb. And if you cannot remember what the category is, next slide. I will repeat again. It's the most inclusive lohei, the most colorful lohei, and the most creative lohei. Okay? Three categories. And given the participation rate, you stand a very high chance of winning. So please actively participate in these three categories for lohei. Alright? So, but if you got any questions, you may always approach Jeffrey, who is the organizer of this competition, and then he will give you more. Maybe he'll tell you what he's looking for lah, in these three particular categories. Because I've got no idea what it is. Because please remember during this low hey, don't shout and yeah, you cannot shout and you cannot, you know, because of the COVID situation. All right, now we we'll invite uh, Pastor Miak to give us the benediction. May I invite all of you to stand as you're willing and able to receive the benediction. Dear beloved, you know you are loved. You are loved as you are. And as Paul says, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. So may you go out in faith, always, trusting, no matter what the circumstances may be. May you go out in hope, knowing things will get better. Knowing that God loves you. And you are worthy. And may you go out in love because you are first loved. And may you use that love to transform your pain instead of transmitting your pain. And may you, through that, become the wounded healers of the world. Go in love always. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week and Happy New, Happy New Year in advance.